It's my favorite time. It's time for another episode of Let's Talk with Scott Ellis. This month, we'll hear from Kay Inslee about her narration for Fountain of Youth. And we'll hear a funny thing happened on the way to production with a story from Jason LaFleur. You're going to love this one. It's time. Let's go. Today we're going to be talking with Kay Inslee. Wait till you hear this story. Kay is a music industry vet. She spent four years touring as a background vocalist for the gospel group In Unity. In addition to singing, she acted as the group's public relations representative and has had interviews with iHeartRadio, Fox News with Dana Perino, and countless radio and TV stations around the nation. She also as if that's not enough, has two songwriting credits that appeared on Gospel Billboard Top 50. She also has been a guest speaker at several women's conferences over the years and is currently writing a children's book, which I'm pretty sure she'll narrate. She's been a member of the Scott Ellis Reads team of narrators since 2021 and has already found great success in the voiceover world. Kay Inslee, it's a pleasure to have you on Let's Talk with Scott Ellis. Welcome. Thanks so much, Scott. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited for this conversation, as I said right at the beginning. It's, you have uh, quite a story to tell. Let's start with, before we get into kind of all things audio and, and narration, let's talk about music. Tell me about the group In Unity. Absolutely. So I grew up singing. It was my dream to be in the music industry. And I went to college for music and spent pretty much the majority of my 20s trying to break into the industry with not much success. Um, As most people know, it's a very difficult field to get into. And I got the opportunity to be a part of this group when I was 28 actually, and got actually someone saw me in an audience. I was singing at an event. They invited me to an audition, asked me to join the next day. And it just led me on the next four years of being a background vocalist, uh, made an album, was a part of the songwriting team, took me all over the nation. And I had so many incredible opportunities with that group. Mm. That's fantastic. I I can't imagine, uh, or maybe you can tell us, what does that feel like when you, you know, you, I don't know, look at the Billboard Top 50 for the week and you say, wait, what? Um, It's almost an out-of-body experience. (laughs) I think when you've thought about something so long and worked for so long, I, you know, I paid for my studio time. I worked as a teacher. I did art and music and I, you know, I cleaned bathrooms and the weirdest experiences, most hilarious experiences was my biggest performance with that group was in front of a hundred thousand people. And the next day I was working for a company where I would go into stores and I would set up displays for them. And I was putting a wig on an Eminem caricature for one of their display cases. And I just thought that was so funny. Like, it's just interesting in the performance world. So you have all these highs and 
all these incredible lows to go with it. Um, but definitely seeing the billboard chart information was pretty surreal. And definitely I remember hearing my song on the radio for the first time and we were on a tour bus uh, driving through Baltimore actually and the song came on the radio and that was a really crazy experience as well. Yeah. So it was your group that actually recorded the song? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's an incredible experience. I have a, a friend who is is a, a songwriter and, and this is kind of what he's hoping to to do and experience, you know, and, but uh, it would probably be coming out of the mouths of, you know, some other country stars, but it, he would still know it's his words. Yes, <laughs> right? It's amazing. Yeah. There's nothing like that. That was actually my favorite part of the industry. I, I love the high you get from the performance aspect, but there's something really uniquely intimate when you have written a piece of music and you are seeing the audience sing along to it. The best part about being a creative is having the ability to connect with people. And then those moments, that's where I was like, okay, all this work, you know, feels really worth it. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity. That's wonderful. My musical idol is Billy Joel, and I heard him speaking one time, and he talked about that first time that he was singing live and saw somebody singing his own song back at him. And he said, I stopped to listen to them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, obviously nowhere close to that level, but um, I, I do relate to what he said. It's just such a unique and wonderful experience to have that connection with people as an artist. Yeah. So from moving from writing music to writing books, talk about this children's book a little bit. Yeah. So um, while I was kind of working my way into the music industry and even while I was in the music industry, I have spent a lot of time working with kids over the years. So while I was on the road, I would mainly be doing that on the weekends. And during the week, I would be teaching voice lessons to children. And I did that for four years. And I also was a music and art teacher for a company called Jimbery Playing Music. So I worked with kids age zero to five. And so I have quite a bit of experience. And I just, I love kids. I think I just love how open they are. And um, just they love anything creative and they're just so accepting of that world and their imagination. And I had always wanted to write a children's book. So I started on that actually last year during all of the, the COVID stuff when that was happening. And we are getting pretty close to having that finished. I'm really excited about it. Any clues as to what it might be about or is that still kind of under wraps yet? Uh, no, absolutely. Um, it's just a really simple children's book for the younger age demographic. And it is called actually Dream Big or Small. And it talks about at the beginning what kind of dreams you could have as far as a career path. And then when you get halfway through the book, it switches over to an idea about maybe switching those dreams to being a kinder human or a better neighbor and how we can have those kinds of dreams as well. I think a lot of times kids are always asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's always related to a career path versus 
how can we just be a good person? How can we help our neighbor? How can we be beneficial as a person that way? So just instead of what are we doing, what are we being? And that's kind of the concept of the book. That's that's fantastic. I hope every kid in in the world gets to read it. But let's start with America. Let's just, you know, (laughs) we we need messages like that going to our young people. So that's excellent. Yeah. So obviously you have grown up using your voice as a tool with your your speaking engagements, with your singing, uh, with your teaching. What was it that made you try and add uh, audiobook narration and, and voiceover work into your repertoire? Yeah, so about three or four years ago, I really had the thought about getting into voice narration. My grandfather suddenly lost his eyesight, and it came on very rapidly within a matter of about three months. And with that, he was looking for forms of entertainment. He recently passed away, but he was always a very intellectual man. And even into his old age, in his 80s, he loved learning and never stopped learning. So one of the things that he would always do every single day was listen to audiobooks that he would get from the library. And I was sitting with him one day and I just had this thought, wouldn't it be cool to do something like this for people like him who have lost their sight? And this is a way to connect with them. This is a way to make them feel involved and to to feel like they have something to be a part of as well. And they have a community to be involved with. And I had that fleeting thought and I didn't pursue it at the time because I was still heavily involved in the music industry. And then whenever I stepped out of the music industry, I was really looking to put my hand to something else creative. I I think as a creative, we just have to be doing something or we feel like we're going to lose our minds. And Um, it's, you know, it's just, it's just so personal. It's a part of you when you're creative, you have to be putting your hand to something creative. So I kind of started looking for a different outlet. And my husband actually saw an advertisement on TikTok for Scott Ellis Reed's voiceover training. And he sent it to me and I looked at it and I don't know, I just kind of had this big light bulb moment. I think like, oh yeah, I remember a couple of years ago when I thought that that would be a, a cool thing to maybe pursue. And I contacted you, started taking, you know, some lessons and getting all my information and I guess the rest <laughs> of history. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> A, a successful history because you you did come to me and I, I kind of showed you the ropes of the technical end of it. And um, I boy, it was pretty quick into your audiobook career that uh, you and I landed an opportunity to co-narrate a book. Do you happen to remember how long it took from kind of coming to me to to us getting that book? Do you remember at all? Yeah, so I think I started training with you late fall of 2020 and you asked me to be a part of the team I believe in January of 21 of this year and I think within a matter of 
maybe five or six weeks after that happened, I landed my first book. And actually, a week after I landed my first book, I landed my second book. So it was just a back to back. And I was I was like, Oh, is this is this really happening right now? I wasn't I wasn't for sure. You know, the first one you're like, is this a fluke? Like, did they mean to pick me? <laughs> and so it was it was kind of nice confirmation getting that second book so close right. to that first right. one. Um, well, we're going to take a couple of minutes and Listen to a scene uh, from this book. It's called Fountain of Youth by Nathaniel Warner. And this is from the prologue that we're going to listen to. And it, it makes the book sound like it's going to be really sci-fi heavy. But once we get into the book, it's not quite so sci-fi. There is a little bit of that in it. Hence the title, Fountain of Youth. That should tell us something about it. But uh, let's take a little time and listen to a clip of Fountain of Youth by Nathaniel Warner, uh, narrated by Scott Ellis and Kay Inslee. So let's take a listen. Taris, wake up, she whispered, seeing that they only had a few moments left before he departed. Regina, my love, he responded in a weak tone, his eyes sluggishly searching the room for hers until, after a long moment, they finally connected. Have they sent word? All replacements? No, they have not. Our fears have been realized. I fear the worst has come to pass. I fear they have been overcome. Then it is lost. It is all lost. We have failed. No, my love. There is hope. I will be placing the laboratory into stasis shortly, should they eventually send transport or replacements, they will find Arliss waiting. With all of our research, we were so close to finding the answers. So close to saving them all. He nodded, and a small, sad smile appeared on his face. It lingered for a moment, then vanished as quickly as it appeared. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, my love. For what? I should have let you leave with the last transport. I could never have left you alone, she insisted. Besides, you did not know it would be the last. It has been many years since we heard from our home world or any other outpost. But at least we were able to spend the last of our lives together. She finished, trying to bring him some small comfort. Yes. Of course you are right. You are always right, Terrace said as his eyes started to lose focus. Is this the end? Yes, her voice shaking with the proclamation. You are beginning the transcendence now. You soon will be on the other side. I... I do not wish to leave you. I'm not ready. I know. 
I do not wish for you to leave. I am not ready either, she said as a single tear ran down her wrinkled cheek. But do not worry. I will transcend this world too, not far behind you. We will meet again on the other side. We're going to stop that scene right there. That's a very intense scene. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Let's Talk with Scott Ellis is brought to you by scottellisreads.com. Let's take a moment and learn more. If you are a narrator, consider joining the team of Scott Ellis Reads. They take care of everything so that you just do what you do best. Narrate. Scott's team will find auditions for you, negotiate contracts, proof your narration, edit, and master your files. They have a seamless workflow that will keep everyone moving through your projects in a timely manner. Or, if you would like to just have Scott Ellis Reads assist with your current or future projects, you are able to work independently as a narrator, but can still use the post-production benefits when you need them. I joined the team and I really enjoy that I don't have to worry about where my work is going. There is a wonderful team of editors and everyone is readily available to answer any questions I have. To learn more, visit scottellisreads.com or email info at scottellisreads.com. We look forward to seeing you on the team. Let's continue on with today's episode, now that you know more about scottellisreads.com. So let's talk about kind of your approach to character. That character is only in the scene for the prologue, but you had many characters that you had to cover throughout the book. How do you approach different characters? That's a good question. Um, so this actually was the audition for this particular book. And it's really important to me to try to bring in the feeling of the moment of what is happening. So in this particular scene, it just felt like this moment of desperation. There's just a lot of emotion taking place. And in order to deliver that, I had a little background on the character from the author, um, and he talked about how they were an older couple and just a little bit of his expectations. So I just really try to take in, you know, what the author's asking for and try to match their vision and then try my best to have my voice match the emotion mm, of what's going yeah. on. If I can kind of slip into my teacher mode for a moment for people listening. In my estimation, it is so important to get the author's input. It's their baby. Nobody knows this book like they do. And, and they give us such great insight into these characters um, and who they are, where they've come from. And, and now we can narrate them in a way that the author even loves them more than they might have, right? Right. <laughs> so let's, let's take a listen to another short clip. And in this one, you're going to be playing two characters, another older, kind of wiser woman of a, of a village where the, the lead characters end up. And then uh, at the very end, we'll hear a little bit from Blue, who is the, the lead female character and is kind of in your own regular speaking voice, Kay. So let's take a, a listen to you doing one more character from Fountain of Youth. 
Palila called over several of the young villagers and explained the situation to them. They all nodded in agreement and ran to get several shovels. They will follow you and do as you say. But I don't speak your language, and I'm pretty sure they don't speak English. So many worries, Jack. Have no worries. I inform them of the work that needs to be completed. They will follow your lead. Great. Um, thanks, Jack said. Let me go wake Blue and tell her the plan. Then we can go. Sound good? Yes, Jack. Sounds good. Palila beamed. He walked back to the beach, where Blue was still lying asleep and woke her. He explained that he was heading into the jungle to fulfill his promise to Akira. It might take a day or two. Lots of ground to cover. Okay, Jack. I will stay here and help them put the village back in order. And there we have two more characters from that book. If anybody listening to the podcast is interested in knowing more about that, uh, you can go to audible.com, punch in Fountain of Youth, use the names Nathaniel Warner, Kay Inslee, Scott Ellis. Uh, you can listen to the sample. And if it's a book that you'd like to listen to in its entirety, send an email to scott at scottellisreads.com or info at scottellisreads.com, and we may just have a free code that we can give you to listen for free. So, okay, that was a great performance of two characters that were drastically different from each other, but then also different from that character that you started off with in the prologue to the book. So nice work on those. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. So you and I have uh, never had an opportunity to shake hands. We live about four or 500 miles apart from each other. Yet, in two different studios, uh, we co-narrated a book. Can you talk about what that process was like when you got these recordings from me with these big gaps in them <laughs> where you were <laughs> Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, you know, I it was it can be a little complicated sometimes. I think a lot of people think like, oh, you just go in a studio and you hit record and you just start talking. And, you know, I've had a lot of friends even kind of ask me like, how does that work? And I say, oh, no, like, you know, we're, we're actually in, in character. We're not just reading a book. We're not just reading a script or um, you know, when we're editing, I'm like, oh, no, there's like six or seven different kind, you know, steps of editing that takes place. There's so much that's happening behind the scenes. So you would send me what you recorded. And then I would be silencing sections, I would be recording over that I'd be putting my vocals into place. And we would be sending that off to a first editing step, making sure that both of us had said everything exactly the way it was written, which you wouldn't think that this would happen as often as what it does. But it's really, really difficult to think that you are saying something or your your eyes are looking at something, but you end up speaking something entirely different than what was written. And so there's that whole editing step and then making sure everything's perfectly lined up and going back over it again. So it is a, a huge process and it's so much more time consuming than what I even realized when I started into the whole voice narration industry but that's part of the creative process and 
I mean, we had some stuff along the way, you know, even in this book where we went and were like, oh, shoot, okay, we have to completely redo this entire chapter because, you know, maybe the author was thinking he wanted the character to sound more this way or, you know, or that way. And honestly, I think you can look at it from two ways. Like you can be, you know, maybe annoyed about a situation or you can look at it from a creative aspect and be like, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's do it. Let's, you know, let's make it exactly the way that the author wants it. And it's just part of that creative process. And to me, as long as the author is happy with that final outcome, then I'm happy with the amount of time that it took for us to get there. You brought up so many great points. You know, um, I find, you know, as a, as a musician or as a, a, voice actor, I'm always trying to get better. And applying what I know or what I think to either a guitar solo or a, you know, a, a piece that I'm singing or narrating, uh, that's one thing. But it's an extra challenge when an author says, gee, I really kind of heard the character like this. And then it's like, okay, how do I take that description and make it into something? And I think that makes us grow as narrators, puts more tools in our toolbox, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. and. I think one of the cool things about this book, which I actually, I really liked the story of this book. So it was really easy to get into character because I, I thought the story was just fun and imaginative and interesting. But the main character, Blue, the author specifically had written that character based off of his wife. So, you know, that I thought I was like, okay, cool. I have a like I have an important job to do here because that's someone obviously like the closest person to him. So I wanted to make that character sound exactly the way that he wanted it. And I know we definitely had some back and forth with that where I recorded it. And I was recording it in a way I thought it should be. And I had a conversation with him and he said, no, he said, your voice is exactly your natural speaking voice is exactly what I want. And when I heard it, like I knew that I had picked the right female, you know, character for the job. And so that's just one of the fun things about working with the authors and you get to have those really personal experiences with them and get inside of their creative minds too, which is fun. Yes. And when we had one of our Zoom meetings with the author, we demanded to meet his wife. <laughs> she... Yes. <laughs> and you know what? They, whenever he sent me um, the actual book, she wrote me a little note in there. So oh, that was really cool too. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um Sorry, we've got a massive thunderstorm going on right outside our studio, so you might be hearing that. But, um, so any projects on the horizon, Kay? What do you have coming up next? Yes, actually, I am working on a book deal today. So as we speak, I should be starting on the first 15 minutes of that this week. This is a book I am especially excited to narrate, and it is a book by Nicole Marbach, and it is called Hold On to Hope. And I'm excited about it because I actually have a friendship with the author. And this is a story, and it's about her life and what she's been through. And she's had a very challenging life um, and shares her experience and what she's been through. 
and now she is an inspirational speaker. So I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Excellent. We will have to look forward to that one. And perhaps you'll come back in another episode and talk about that book. Absolutely. I would love to do that. That's great. Well, Kay Inslee, gospel singer, musician, successful songwriter, author of the soon-to-be Dream Big or Small, audiobook narrator, voice actor, <laughs> all around. Scott, just... you're making me sound so much cooler than what oh, I am. <laughs> it, it, we've got it on oh. proof. We've got the proof right here in recording. It has been so nice talking with you, getting to know a little bit about you and your process of how you approach projects, your integrity in the way that you work, uh, your honesty in who you are. It's so great to know you and to be able to work with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Scott. And the feeling is mutual. I appreciate it so, so much. It's time for another episode of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Production. Today we're talking with Jason LaFleur, narrator of The Daylight. Jason, welcome back. And what's something that's happened to you that is frustrating at the time, but you kind of laugh about it now? I can definitely look back at my original recording situation, which was, I, I once again, I live in Brooklyn. I have a railroad style apartment. We don't have big closets. And just like all the other voice actors stuck in their homes during COVID, I went to the closet and uh, it was just very frustrating because I have my shoe rack right there. So I have my stinky shoes and I have a blanket draped over the door. So it's really hot in there and you're really cramped and you're just getting frustrated at all that. And now where I look at the room I'm standing in and it's just vastly larger. Uh, and it's so much more comfortable and I don't have to worry about any of those troubles anymore. Um, and, uh, the second thing that, that I would say happened to me was, uh, I was getting my first book through Scott Ellis reads and being part of the narrating team. And I was so excited. Uh, and I told all my friends, I told my, my parents, my sisters, uh, everybody knew about it. And then comes to find out that it wasn't a romance book. It was actually an erotica and I just couldn't fathom having my parents listen to this book for my not for my first one so uh it was just a little at the time i was so excited that i got a book and then i was so let down that it wasn't the type of book i wanted to do not that there's anything wrong with a, a like a more explicit book like that but it just wasn't what i imagined myself doing especially for my first book but now i look back at it back at it and it's hilarious that the first book that i booked was uh, a, a steamy one. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Something you can laugh about right out of the mouth of Jason LaFleur. Jason, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Scott. And there you have it. Another episode of Let's Talk with Scott Ellis. Thank you so much for the time that you've spent listening to our podcast. We really appreciate your support. I'd like to thank my guests today, Kay Inslee and Jason LaFleur, and the voice of Becky Jo Rowland. 
Thanks again for listening. Until next time, goodbye.